Welcome to Road School Moms Radio, where education meets adventure, right here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Mary Beth Goff, the road trip teacher, sharing my adventures in homeschooling from behind the wheel of my RV, currently in America's backyard. And I'm Holly Giles from the Giles Frontier, sharing my experiences in parenting right here on my back porch in Central Florida. Join us as we share our Christian perspective on parenting and home education. So find yourself a quiet, cozy spot, and let's share a little time together. (laughs) Hey, Holly. That time of year is upon us. Convention season is right around the corner. What do you have planned at your house for conventions this year? You know, I don't have any plans for conventions this year. I don't even have a list. I can't believe you don't have a list. You don't have a list in a spiral notebook somewhere? I do not. That's I really haven't thought that far. Isn't that weird? Oh my goodness. Well, then this is the perfect time to talk here on episode 182 about homeschool convention perspectives. Yes. Well, you know, I have a couple different perspectives on I know. conventions. I love this show because we're going to talk about a couple different angles that right. I bet nobody's thought about before. So my question to you is, have you always done, have you always <clears throat> gone to homeschool conventions since you've been homeschooling? No, it took me a few years to go to a homeschool convention, actually. And the very first one I went to was FPEA, which is where I actually met you. Just, yes, that was just a couple years ago. It was. So for me, that was an all new experience. And in a lot of ways, I think it was good that I picked such a good one to go to. I think FPEA is probably one of the best in the country. There's so many resources. It's very huge. It's Yes. It's a very it's the big, biggest one in the country, I think. Yes, it's a very big event. Um, and that's good in a lot of ways. But it also was overwhelming for me. And we can talk about that later in the, <laughs> a little bit later in the, in the show and maybe give some tips on how not to, to do it Be the way I did. Because yes. I, I, I know this shocks you, but I didn't plan a lot before I went to FPA. I just went in there kind of with an open mouth and, you know, I was pretty in awe of Did you buy a lot of things? You know, surprisingly, because that's, that is my nature to go crazy when I get to something like that and be like, oh, I want this and this and this. But I will tell you that that first convention, I was so overwhelmed that I didn't buy anything. The only, and I'm not just saying this because we're on the show together. The only thing I walked out of there that first year at FPEA was your curriculum. I walked out of there with the tote. That's a shameless plug, Mary Beth. There you go. Well, it's the truth. I walked out of there with that really fun tote with all of the things in it. Um, That was the only thing that I left with that year. You know, I did not go to a homeschool convention until I think it was year four or year five of homeschooling. I had always heard that it would be too overwhelming Mm -hmm. and it's so much stuff and all that. And so when I did go... It was. I had such a migraine that I I was so overloaded. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like all your senses are overloaded. But what I loved was the sessions. That's what I really loved. So I think people kind of have to look at it from what, what you're going there for. Exactly. Well, let's talk about that really quickly then. <clears throat> In my opinion, before you go to a convention, you really need to do some planning because if you're going to go with you and a couple other homeschool moms, that's a completely different scenario than if you're going with your family, your that's spouse true. or your, you know, your partner in, in making decisions or even your kiddos. That's a whole, we're just talking about three whole different trips there. To that's home true. Convention. I think sometimes when you go with your family, <clears throat> you can really be overwhelmed with thinking you, 
you like something and then your kids, because it's overwhelming for kids if you take them into convention halls. I, I, I'm not exactly sure I'm a fan of that because it is so overwhelming. Well, and there's so many things that are designed to keep kids' attention at different booths. And that's awesome. And for them to try things out. But what happens with that is you get, you know, two or three of your kids wanting to do this or that that has nothing to do with what you're looking for. You can't concentrate. No. And I'll tell you that two years ago, I went to FPEA. That was the second time I'd been there. And I took all my kids and I was so excited. I had a list. I had, I did plan. I knew what I was looking for. And I wanted my kids to go because I wanted them to look at the things that I was thinking for the next year. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to touch it, feel it. And it did not go as I thought it was going to (laughs) go, which I know that's shocking. But my point is, I mean, it's just like a lot of other things. We as moms have this idea of how things are going to be. That's not at all how it was. Then I got really frustrated and I was aggravated. Right. You know, they didn't want to be there. I mean, they... They didn't want to be there. They thought we were going there for this fun weekend. They were more interested. I mean, the Gaylord Palms is this beautiful place. They wanted to go to the pool and hang out and do the fun stuff. They Nobody wants to look at books, No, Mom. That, that was exactly. And I can remember Tyler vividly staying there. I had a whole bunch of Knotgrass history. I, I like to say Knotgrass yes, on do. every show. But he was in their booth, and he was holding, like, all these things. And I, I can see it right now in my head. And no wonder they didn't want to be there. Because all I was interested in is... I had a checklist. Right. And I was going to check it off. And I wanted them to do exactly. But you wanted their approval. Right. And that's exa- that's so funny. That's yeah. exactly what it was. I wanted their approval, even though I really don't need it. I just wanted it. Right. So that I could feel better about right. the situation. So, you know, I think that you have to really have your priorities in line. Decide what you're going there for. If you're going there truly to shop around and to compare and to really try to make decisions and, and look at things one versus the other, I'm going to say that probably your best partner to take to that is either a like-minded homeschool mama, yes, a family member, mm-hmm. a spouse, or someone that is, is genuinely interested in all the different things that are rolling through your mind as you are. Because if not, you're not on it the same... It just turns into chaos. Yeah, you're not on the same playing no. field. And well, from my perspective, it might not always be your spouse. Mm-hmm. I think going with other homeschool moms, even veteran homeschool moms, yes. is a good idea. And conventions oftentimes are the only way you get to actually see the curriculum. It's really difficult to make choices just by looking online. I get that. And sometimes you really want to look through it and make sure you're making the right choice. Right. And you need time to do that. And if you have kids tugging at your leg, somebody's got to go potty, Mm -hmm. somebody's hungry, you know, you literally cannot think. And then it just, you know, it just isn't a good deal. That's a good point, too. Just real quickly, for someone out there that's listening to us that's never been to a homeschool convention, let's talk about the few things that you probably need to take with you. Because I'm going to say, when the first time I went, Sarah James, I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. Sarah. Yeah. Sarah and Kimberly and I were recording for Road School Moms at that first one. And when I got there, of course, I had my, I probably had my purse, and I don't know, that's probably all I had. And here rolls in Sarah James. She has this big box, this rolling tote. And I, I'll never forget, I thought, is she just got off the plane? Like, what is she doing? She had this. <laughs> she was prepared. She was prepared. She'd been before. She had a notebook. She had a list. She had all these things typed out that she was looking for. She had a comparison sheet that she was going to write. And it had pros and cons. I mean, she really had wow. it together. She really did. And the other thing she had was snacks, bottles of water. I mean, she knew that she was there for the long haul. So, I love it. 
Yeah, so... That would be my recommendation is definitely a, a shoulder bag doesn't cut it no. if you're going to purchase. Mm-hmm. Now, some people... Uh, if you really have a difficult time making decisions, I say leave the credit card at home and you go. Now, sometimes, you know, they offer deals like free shipping or 10% off or whatever. But most companies will offer that for the next few days, something mm-hmm. like that, is go in with your list. Do your research ahead of time. Who's going to be at the convention that you really want to see? Do your research online. Make a short list Mm -hmm. of what you're really interested in. And then I always say leave room for a variable. Right. Because there's always going to be something that you've never seen before, you've never heard before, that really might be a good fit. Mm -hmm. So you need to have that variable. That's a good point. If you go there with your mindset that you're only going to do this, this, and this, then that doesn't leave room for something that you didn't anticipate. And isn't that really why you're going in the first place is to see what's out there Definitely. And sometimes, obviously, you're going to see things you've never heard of mm-hmm. before that might be the perfect fit for your kids. And then that's going to, that might throw a wrench in your mind. So I always say, gather, go gather the information, mm-hmm. gather the brochures, gather the catalog, whatever. Then take that home and really pray over it. Because you might think you have your mind set. And then then you get all confused. And I know I have been at the convention before racking my brain at the 11th hour when that place is closing down on the last day and I feel like my head's going to explode because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, am I going to get this? Am I going to get that? I only have five minutes, you know, and then I leave with nothing and then I'm confused. And so if you might maybe have that personality, don't plan on purchasing. Right. I know I am a convention vendor, and of course I want you to buy my stuff when I'm there, but if you have that personality or those variables, go with that mindset. Right. Uh, again, the list, the short list, those are who you're going to spend time with, and then leave, leave some room for thinking. There's always places to sit and look over stuff write down some questions and then go back to the booth. Mm-hmm. You know, you can always go back and generally everyone is friendly. They're going to answer your questions. So going back to the booth and asking questions that you might have. So give yourself some space. Don't fill your day with everything. Give yourself some time to really ponder over either a session you heard or some things that you looked at and give yourself that space to then go back and look at it with a fresh perspective. And don't discount the sessions, because I know sometimes I've heard moms say, well, I'm just going to look for curriculum. I don't I don't need to go, I don't want to go sit through the right. sessions. And I always think, my goodness, that's the best part I think about going. Not that you have to go to every one, you don't have to fill your day and run from one hall to the next, but I think it's really important to look through the list of speakers. It's such a great resource, you know, it's. It's there. You might as well look through it and see what may or may not be something that you hadn't even thought of. You know, use someone else's experiences maybe to help guide you. Yes. Yes. You can learn so much by veteran homeschool mm-hmm. moms and families. My suggestion is to look through those lists of uh, speakers for each day and pick your top four. Mm-hmm. Pick your top four that you'd like to get to and like to hear because if you go to every single one, your brain is going to be so boggled by the time the end of the day that right. you're not quite sure what you heard where. Mm-hmm. And then 
when you're in that session, write down things that you're thinking about or questions. And most of the time, those speakers are going to have a booth that you can go back and ask them questions, uh, get opinions or advice or different things like that. You know, that's why we're, we stay in our booth all the time because that's people come there and ask questions. And that's really what you want to be there for is to answer those questions for those families. I bet you have a totally different perspective being on your side of the booth, right? I do. So tell us about that. <laughs> so we homeschooled for, oh goodness, five years or more before I wrote Blaze New Trails. I wrote Blaze New Trails out of our experience of homeschooling. And, you know, God laid all these things in our path to write the book, produce the book, and he sent us on the road. What was it, four years ago? Mm -hmm. <laughs> And if you can imagine, you know, we've talked about my husband before, you know, he's Mr. Slow and Steady. He doesn't jump into things. But what was happening in our life, my husband was like, I got to get out of the way and just jump on board, you know. And so we did. We ended up traveling and we had no idea what we were doing, you know. <laughs> we had absolutely no idea. We show up, you know, set up our booth. And let me just tell you. It doesn't matter if they're small conventions or big conventions. These things are well-oiled machines. And everyone who's been doing this for years has a plan. Boom, 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 setup times, all this kind of stuff. And here we are bringing in our burlap tablecloths and all this. We were the first ones to arrive for setup and we were always the last ones to leave <laughs> in the evening. And my husband's like, okay, we're doing something completely wrong here. And what we found was everyone, it didn't matter if they were big time book sellers or small families, everyone was genuinely welcoming. They wanted to know who we were, what we were doing, and they were very encouraging. And this is what I wanna share with families is, I have had big name booksellers, like huge, come to me and say, we're so glad you're here because we don't see this anymore. No one is doing what you are doing. No one is bringing this back to families. And so that gave us encouragement because, you know, you, you look at them and you're thinking, we're nothing. We're not going to survive here. So that first year, we traveled quite a bit around the Southeast and we started seeing the same people everywhere we went. And everyone wanted to know, how was your trip? Or, you know, if you need a screwdriver, if you need this, everybody shared everything and helped you. And my husband and I are like, wow, this is a completely different perspective. And what I want road school moms to know is there are so many families out there who have found something unique that works for their family and have put their guts into actually creating something to share with other families. And it's hard, it's very hard, it costs a lot of money to do these types of things, but they believe in it. Mm -hmm. And so I well, I was writing actually at the time for Molly Green Magazine, and I wanted to do a story on these families because it was so interesting to me that they actually become a family on the road. So we've been doing this for four years. When you go back to wherever, you know, Chattanooga or whatever, it's like, hey, how was your year? And 
you know, the kids have grown and all those things. And it's a completely different dynamic than being on the other side as a person just going in and saying, oh, well, I don't like that or I don't want to see that or mm-hmm. my mind is laser focused on this or whatever, is that maybe give a little bit of time to those I call cottage industry families who really are wanting to share something that worked for them that may or may not work for your family. Right. The other thing is their product might cost a little bit more than the big time bookseller. And the reason is we're, we're small time and we can't afford to buy in huge volume like they do. We may not be on Amazon because we can't afford the, the price of the printing and that type of thing. But give us a chance because we just might surprise you. And that was what was really neat is the family scene that goes on behind mm-hmm. those booth spaces mm-hmm. is, yes, there's competition, but it's really a bond and it's really cool. I have made the neatest friends. You know I love Kathy Lee Eggers oh, and yes. Leslie Richards. We met them on our very first time out. And those ladies have kind of taken me by the hand and really shown me so many things. I love them. Uh, So many people that we see, kids, our kids have bonded with Mm -hmm. other kids and they meet up and they're, you know, they know they can fish in Chattanooga and they can do whatever in Texas and all this stuff that it's a life, you know, we never had before. Mm -hmm. So that is the other perspective is, you know, someone has a dream and they've gotten to the point where they're at this booth and you won't believe what it takes to actually get to that booth. And so give them a little bit of your time. See. Those are great <laughs> tips and really something to think about. You know, family-run businesses are not the norm anymore. No. So even in this scenario, it's a good, you know, good to support those businesses. And, and like you said, give them a chance. I love that. And if you look, you'll notice that the whole family is working it. Right. Just like us. It's my kids. It's my husband. We're all working it. And that's generally what you see is the kids are being raised doing this as well. Because you, you can't do it otherwise. You can't. You really can't do it all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Which is another neat perspective on the kids coming up behind it and really believing. And you can see the results of whatever that product is that they're selling. Ask the kids. If you want to know about it, you go ask the kids. Right. right? Ask the younger set. Yes. <laughs> Well, let's talk just a minute. You and I just mentioned FPEA. Obviously, we're both supporters of that organization, and FPEA is a great convention. But let's talk about a couple other smaller ones. I know I feel like, even though I love some of the big ones that I've went to, the smaller ones I've maybe gotten a little bit more out of sometimes. So let's mention a couple. I know. Yes. Well, I want to mention something else before that is, you know, uh, homeschool conventions are a big business. Mm-hmm. And the average homeschooler might not really understand the difference in what they see. They just see, hey, there's a homeschool convention coming to town. The difference is there are big outfits that that is their business. They make money having these homeschool conventions. And then there are state-run organizations. That's a good point, okay? yes. So let's take FPA. That's where I'm from, Florida. FPA is our state organization. They help make sure that you know, we're on top of law and legislation and our rights and all of those things. So going to a state-run convention in your state is helping you as a family to make sure that you're being taken care of and involved. And protected. And protected for your right to homeschool your family. What we have seen over time 
is these big companies coming in are sort of squashing those state-run organizations. And sometimes that might be the only way they make money that year to fund some of the projects that those state-run organizations do. So I'm not knocking any of those. I just want families to see the difference in what that might be in your state. And you might not have a state organization. They might not do conventions, but that's kind of going to be the differences that you see. So some of the smaller ones, now FBA is huge. Florida is a big state and Florida is one of the biggest states for homeschooling. That's why that one is so huge. But there's a lot of smaller ones in the Carolinas and in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And you and I are going to be at one in Chattanooga. We love that one. It's actually what they just call it a book fair. It's like an expo. And it's just in, uh, it's called Camp Jordan. It's not a very big place, but we love it there because we really get to talk with families. Mm -hmm. That's what's unique about the smaller ones is you get to go there and actually sit down and talk with someone and really get your questions answered. And sometimes in a really hustle bustle larger convention, that's really not possible. Not because of you, just because of the sheer volume of people coming through. It's more difficult for us to you know spread our time around but i love the smaller ones from a speaker perspective because i really can we've connected with a lot of families that we still communicate with right and that's what i love well i think that's quantity versus quality you know what i mean i think that's true and no matter what you're talking about and for this i'd rather be able to talk to 10 people one-on-one and have a lasting you know relationship with them and understand each other's needs than to have a room full of three or four hundred people that you know listen and leave right and then that that's a personality thing as well you might have a personality where you're gonna sit in the back of the room no matter what so it doesn't matter if there's 500 people in there so you're gonna be okay at the big one but you also might have a personality where that overwhelms you and Mm -hmm. so a smaller venue might be better for you so those are also things to weigh when you're looking at visiting a convention or a smaller conference or a book fair or something like that. Right. Those are all great tips. What other tips? I know um, one of the best tips someone ever gave me, and I've seen it on your list. (laughs) On my notes. (laughs) Was um, about printing the labels. So tell us about that. Yes. The first one I ever went to, you know, everyone wants, everyone's doing a giveaway, of course, and everybody (laughs) wants your email or your phone number or whatever. And my hand was so tired by the end of the day. And I remember it was toward the end of the day and this mom comes up next to me and whips off this label and slaps it down the thing. And I looked at her and she's like, oh, yeah, honey, you just need to do that next time. <laughs> yeah, that's great So that's tip. my biggest thing is make yourself labels with your name, email, whatever it is, information you're willing to give away. And then you just can go by and slap it on and you're good. It saves time. I and love finger that. cramping. Well, we will put a list of some of these events that we've been talking about in our show notes and that way you can access those if you have any other questions about some of the events that we've been talking about. Any other tips that you want to share with our listeners? My biggest thing is really just to pray before you go and to go in not feeling pressured by culture, not to feel pressured by what other parents are doing around you, but really go in with an open heart for what's best for your children. It can be so tempting to get swayed really quickly right? by what everyone's like, oh, this booth must be fabulous because there's 100 people crammed in there, and mm-hmm. so I must need whatever they have. Right. 
but not necessarily. Stick to your plans. And, and, and leave your heart open to really maybe connect with something that might work for your child. Because as we said, one of the reasons why most people homeschool is individualized education. Mm-hmm. And if you have four kids, you have four kids with four different personalities. And unfortunately, they might learn four different ways. And you need to really be open to that aspect when you're shopping when you're choosing, you know, what's what's going on. And oftentimes, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Just because there's a new shiny box with a different color bow doesn't mean it's going to be better than if you're good. You know, if you're good with what you're doing. Right. Why change it if it's not broken? Right. Good point. Okay. Well, Road School Moms, if you have any other questions about conventions, Holly's kind of the expert, so you can always reach her <laughs> through email, holly at thegilesfrontier.com. And if you want my two cents, well, you can always shoot me an email, info at roadtripteacher.com. So that is this week's show all about homeschool convention and the different perspective. And it's been great to share this time with you, Holly. Yes, Mary Beth. I hope you have a great week. Thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Safe travels. And God bless. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Please remember to share your review with iTunes. Stay connected with the Road School Moms team from wherever in the world you are. Like our Facebook page for all the latest news. And join our private group for a more personal connection. You can also check our Pinterest boards for more resources and encouragement. Connect with me, Mary Beth, through my website at roadtripteacher.com. We invite you to leave comments, ask questions, and leave your prayer requests at roadschoolmoms.com. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all our adventures. To connect with me, Holly, visit thegilesfrontier.com. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.